My name is Ari Redward. I am head of legal and government affairs at TRM Labs, the leading provider of blockchain intelligence and anti-money laundering software. Welcome to TRM Talks. TRM Talks is a monthly discussion with policymakers and business leaders in the cryptocurrency space. Today, I'm joined by three senior treasury officials to discuss the recent ransomware-related action and advisory. Todd Conklin, counselor to the deputy secretary, Lauren Scheinert, Associate Director, Compliance and Enforcement at the Office of Foreign Asset Control, OFAC, and Michael Lieberman, Assistant Director of Enforcement, also from OFAC. Thank you so much to all of you for joining me today. Todd, if I can start with you, I understand the Treasury acted on a number of fronts to counter the threat of ransomware today. Can you give us an overview of Treasury's actions and really the broader role in addressing this threat coming out of the department today? Uh, yes, Ari. And first, thanks so much for welcoming us on short notice. Uh, today is a historic day for the Treasury Department. As earlier today, we announced the first sanctions designation of a cryptocurrency exchange and coupled the announcement with the release of an updated OFAC enforcement advisory related to ransomware. We're also taking measures to compel additional reporting of ransomware payments while working with the industry and international partners to ensure we are doing all we can to encourage cyber hygiene across the private sector. We wanted to join you today as the public-private partnership is critical to the success of Treasury's counter-ransomware strategy, and we need to do all we can to partner on this issue and clarify any questions related to today's announcement. Absolutely. Um, well, yeah, yes, well, well, thank you. Um, Todd, sort of building on that um, for a moment, why did Treasury focus on this specific exchange at this moment? Great question, and it's a point we really want to clarify, because when you look at the whole exchange ecosystem, there have been improvements amongst some of the larger exchanges specific to know your customer and AML compliance. However, there's an illicit underbelly that has been forming in the smaller nested exchange and mixer ecosystem, which we want to shine a light on. Higher percentages of this particular exchange's transactions are on behalf of criminal and ransomware actors. We just can't allow the smaller nested exchanges to serve as backdoors for illicit activity. It clouds the entire ecosystem, which is predominantly conducting illicit business. Thank you so much. Uh, moving to Lawrence uh, for a moment. Uh, Lawrence, you're, you're, as head of enforcement and compliance at OFAC, uh, can you walk us through a little bit how OFAC is broadly thinking about sanctions uh, and the risk and, and sanctions risks uh, in the virtual currency space? Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Ari, and, and uh, also great to be here. Thanks uh, for, for talking with us. I mean, just to give you a, a little bit of background. So OFAC is focused on highlighting and mitigating the sanctions risks associated with virtual currencies, really through targeting, compliance and enforcement and private sector engagement. So on the targeting front is today's action. OFAC has seen virtual currencies used to engage in illicit activity and targeting that is a top priority for the agency. With respect to compliance and enforcement, we've been very clear that OFAC requirements apply to the virtual currency industry in the same way they do to banks and other traditional financial institutions. And so OFAC has issued a number of FAQs to explain these requirements to those in the industry. We also believe compliance really does need to be built into the technological architecture from the beginning. We also know that compliance is not optional. Uh, there are civil and criminal penalties for non-compliance. And in fact, just over the last eight months, OFAC has published two enforcement actions involving virtual currency service providers for failing to comply with OFAC obligations. And then with respect to private sector engagement, we, OFAC really does welcome continued engagement with the private sector on virtual currency related issues. We recognize exchanges and others in the industry really are on the front lines and their efforts are critical 
in helping prevent sanctioned persons, criminals, and other malicious actors from abusing virtual currencies. And so OFAC does want to hear from industry about its compliance challenges and how we can offer further clarity where needed. Lauren, staying with you for a moment, um, OFAC did, in fact, um, issue a updated ransomware advisory today. Can you walk us through for a moment sort of what, why OFAC made these updates and what ultimately these updates hope to achieve? Yeah, sure. So OFAC updated its ransomware advisory really two things. One, reporting to and cooperating with law enforcement and other U.S. government agencies in the event of a ransomware attack. And two, the improvement of cybersecurity practices to prevent such attacks in the first place. So just by way of context, to effectively counter ransomware attacks, it's essential that the U.S. government understand the full extent and nature of, of those incidents, right? And so reporting ransomware attacks and payments to law enforcement and other relevant agencies provides that critical information needed to track cyber actors, hold them accountable, and prevent future attacks. At the same time, I would note that by reporting ransomware attacks to law enforcement, as soon as possible, victims can increase the likelihood of recovering access to their data, you know, including through alternative decryption tools. So what the advisory really does is it encourages reporting by making clear that OFAC will generally offer significant mitigation in any enforcement action brought in connection with the payments to sanctioned ransomware attackers if companies report ransomware uh, incidents to law enforcement or other appropriate agencies as soon as possible and cooperate fully. Similarly, the updated advisory also encourages enhanced cyber hygiene by underscoring the importance of strengthening defensive and resilience measures to protect against ransomware attacks. So what the advisory does is it notes that OFAC will generally consider such measures as additional mitigating factors from an enforcement perspective. Uh, thank, thank you so much. Uh, Michael, moving to you for a moment. Um, obviously, you are focused on enforcement at OFAC. Can you talk a little bit about sort of building off of what Lauren said, specifically some of the you know other key changes to the updated advisory? Sure. Thank you. Well, the first key change is an express statement, as Lawrence was referring to before, that the U.S. government strongly discourages the payment of cyber ransom or extortion demands. Now, as Lawrence mentioned, reporting is a key way that we're going to be able to effectively counter this threat. And so to do that, one of the specific changes that the advisory makes is stating that OFAC is going to be more likely to resolve apparent violations of its sanctions involving ransomware attacks and payments, such as ransom payments to block persons, with a non-public response, uh, such as a no-action letter or a cautionary letter, which don't carry monetary penalties, if the victim or their agent does three things. One is fully reports the attack to law enforcement or another relevant government agency as soon as possible after discovering the attack. Two, fully cooperates with law enforcement during and after the attack. And three, takes meaningful steps to adopt or improve uh, cybersecurity practices, uh, such as measures recommended by the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure uh, Security Agency, CISA. Another key change, a specific change to the advisory, is that it broadens the list of agencies to which reporting will make a company eligible for what OFAC calls voluntary self-disclosure credit. Uh, it states clearly that OFAC will consider a self-initiated and complete report of a ransomware attack to law enforcement or other relevant agencies such as CISA or Treasury's Office of Cybersecurity and Critical Infrastructure Protection to be such a voluntary disclosure under OFAC's economic sanctions enforcement guidelines. And that really reduces uh, the potential penalty for any violation. Another key thing oh, I wanna highlight, uh, excuse me, if I may, uh, just a couple more here, 
is that um, OFAC will consider a person's meaningful steps to reduce the risk of extortion by a sanctioned actor or payment to a person in a comprehensively sanctioned jurisdiction uh, if they improve their cybersecurity practices in a way uh, such as those recommended by CISA. Uh, and lastly, the advisory somewhat lowers the reporting threshold by stating that OFAC encourages victims to report to OFAC any uh, cases where there's any reason at all to suspect a potential sanctions, sanctions nexus uh, and uh, not cases where there might be a more uh, material reason to believe. Uh, and such reasons, such suspicions might include potential uh, positive search results on OFAC's uh, SDN list, uh, public or privately available information indicating a nexus, uh, or any other suspicion that a sanctions uh, nexus might exist. Yeah, no, you mentioned a lot of really important factors there. I think sort of when I look, when I look at this and um, and see the, the the real focus on hardening, hardening cyber defenses as well, uh, it's just such a critical piece of protecting our infrastructure. What what is the expectation of victims? What what can they provide OFAC uh, when they suspect um, there's a potential sanctions nexus? Thank you. So what OFAC is really looking for would be specifics uh, and technical details uh, similar to those that would be reported to law enforcement. So we'd be looking for the company or the individual's name, uh, as well as any other identifying information for the subjects targeted by the ransomware attack uh, or others involved in facilitating uh, the, the ransomware payment, the payment agents or other facilitators. Um, we would be seeking clarification whether any of those persons are U.S. persons uh, or are otherwise subject to U.S. jurisdiction. US jurisdiction. Um, we'd be looking for the type of the ransomware variant, uh, if at all possible. Uh, key dates and facts, such as uh, date of the attack, um, date the attack was discovered, um, ransomware payment deadlines, payment instructions, uh, and the amounts demanded, as well as other technical details, um, payment methods. Uh, and uh, an explanation of the evidence of any sanctions nexus um, and a statement whether or not the ransomware attack has been reported to law enforcement or other government agency. Um, and the advisory provides a specific email address, OFAC underscore feedback at treasury.gov uh, to provide this information uh, and also provides uh, our OFAC hotline number, 1-800-540-6322. To provide this information. Terrific. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much. And obviously, um, public private partnerships are so critical here. And the fact that you are reaching out to the private sector to make sure that they are, they have in place what they need to, to really sort of respond to this type of threat is, is essential in this moment. Um, thank you. Thank you to really all three of you so much for, for joining us today. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and really the opportunity uh, for folks to hear about the the, the the really critical work here uh, that is being done. And thank you to, to all of you for joining us today on TRM Talks um, for, for really a breaking news uh, edition of a really critical treasury action today um, in the virtual currency space. Stay tuned uh, for next month where we sit down with uh, policymakers and business leaders in the cryptocurrency space. Until then, again, thank you all uh, for joining us and thank you all uh, for working so hard uh, to keep us safe.